There has been an important topic of discussion circulating through local media and local social media throughout the past couple weeks. That is talking about what the expectations should be for next year's Louisville men's basketball team. We're going to talk about that and more on today's episode of the Locked on the Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked on Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On, the Louisville Podcast. Happy Friday. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. As always, want to thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. The show is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team. Every day. I know the season isn't over yet, but it's been a very hot topic of discussion. So I want to talk about it. I want to explain, in my opinion, why, despite the lack of success this season, the expectations don't change next season for Louisville men's basketball. The expectation is to make the NCAA tournament at the least. Um, we'll also talk about what I'm hoping to see from the team, um, you know, heading into the offseason, or let me rephrase, in the final games heading into the offseason. Increased effort, better rebounding, um, individual performances, so on and so forth. We'll also talk about the football program offering two new 2024 offensive linemen, Luke Masterson and Kyson Shepard. So, obviously, very basketball-centric episode. We're going to talk about a discussion that has been dominating local media over the past couple of weeks. And I was kind of hoping to hold off on this topic until April or May, because let's face it, I mean, the season isn't even over yet. So why talk about next year? Well, Louisville's season is obviously derailed. It has been for a while. All that's left now is just to try to muster up some momentum heading into the offseason. But at this point in time, I mean, you are just playing out the remainder of your schedule. Unless you win the ACC tournament, you're not going to make the NCAA tournament. So I think, you know, with it being such a frequent topic of discussion, especially on social media, message boards, local radio, so on and so forth. I figured we would talk about it. So for starters, I think that despite the success, or in this case, the lack thereof, the season prior, the expectation for the Louisville men's basketball team next year is to make the tournament at least. Granted, a lot of times it's higher. Um, throughout the history of this program, the expectation has been to compete for national championships or make the second weekend of the tournament. I think that as much as context doesn't matter in this situation, you can't completely um, write it off because it's been a tough go for the University of Louisville. Um, you know, they haven't played an NCAA tournament game since 2019. Now, granted, 2020 canceled the tournament, but um, you know they were going to make it as a high C. But regardless, the point still stands. The Cardinals have not made the NCAA tournament in nearly five seasons, which is really, really tough to swallow. And obviously, unless you know, barring the unthinkable, it's going to be another season without the Cardinals in the big dance. So, um. Like I said, uh, I think that the expectation doesn't change because, and I understand, you know, the idea that if you get to 500, that means the program is showing improvement and that means that, you know, you're on the right path. But I just, in my opinion, 
with how I view this basketball program. I can't sit here in my right mind and say that 500 is good enough in year two of Kenny Payne. I can't. Now, you know, you can say whatever you want about year one. You know, I think that, you know, there's, like I said, a lot of people, you know, see this situation as Kenny Payne is not a good X's and O's coach. This roster has talent. Um, there's no excuse to be this bad. And then there's the other side of things to where um, they say that Kenny Payne was really dealt a tough hand from the previous staff. Um, you know, the NCAA cloud, you know, hanging over his head, whatever may have you, whatever side of the table, if you're neutral, whether you're in the middle of that argument, on the outsides of that argument, whatever. We're looking forward now. I don't think that Kenny Payne gets fired in this offseason. I don't think he steps down. Why would he step down? That would make no sense. I think he gets a second year because of you know the NCAA cloud. He's going to get an opportunity to recruit without that cloud looming over this program. He's going to get an opportunity to transform this team via the transfer portal. Um, so I think that if this was a traditional transfer era of college basketball, as it was up until two years ago, yeah, then you maybe look at 500 year two and say, okay, as long as you show improvement, you, you know, you compete a little bit more with better teams, then I can buy it. But to suggest in the immediate transfer era with the opportunity to turn a roster over in the snap of a finger, I'm sorry, I can't sit here and get on this podcast and tell you that I think 500 would be good enough because in doing so, I think you are selling this program and the history of this program short. I understand the lack of success over the past handful of seasons. I'm not writing that off. But what I'm saying is that if you are saying that Louisville cannot get to a situation where they are in the tournament next season, I'm telling you that you are undermining what Louisville has done over its history, and you are essentially saying that Louisville's not a blue blood program. Because think about it. If you are trying to tell me that the Cardinals, or let me let me just take Louisville out of the picture. Let's take a blue blood program, for example. Doesn't have to have a name, just a blue blood program. They struggle historically the year prior. In an offseason to where you can utilize the transfer portal with many scholarships available, with an abundance of playing time and possible production at the Power 5 level and at a Blue Blood program available, with being a Blue Blood, you're telling me that that team now can't get to the NCAA tournament. It sounds... Really, really foolish, in my opinion. I understand this year has been tough. But, like I said, you see programs like Kansas State under Jerome Tang, Missouri under Dennis Gates. First-year head coaches that have a ton of roster turnover. And this is no disrespect to neither Kansas State nor Missouri. But Louisville's a better program than both. Louisville is a blue blood program. If you don't think so, they are definitely a top 10 program. Missouri and Kansas State aren't close. No, like I said, no disrespect, just calling it how it is. That's what's making, you know, Jerome Tang and Dennis Gates first years on the job, respectively, that much more impressive. But it's also showing that with the right roster construction, you know, with the right coaching in place in terms of X's and O's and schemes that you can make the NCAA tournament. I mean, both 
Kansas State and Missouri have 20 wins already. I'm not necessarily sure how far they're going to go, but like I said, I'm I'm not worried about that right now. Year two under Kenny Payne is making the tournament because I can't sit here and tell you that if Missouri and Kansas State can turn it around in their first-year head coach in which they have to completely revamp the roster, that Louisville can't do so as well. Because I think that you are accepting mediocrity. And I'm not – here's the thing about this. If they get to 500 – they're definitely showing improvement. I mean, that is a substantial jump from single-digit wins to what? What is 500? Um, what do they play, 31 games in the regular season or right under five, right over 500? So, like, what, 16, 15, 15, 16? Is that the number? Regardless, you see where I'm coming from. I think that um, year two, you have the opportunity to go to the transfer portal without a possible NCAA tournament ban looming over this program. You can't recruit against the University of Louisville by using that possible tournament ban. Um, you know, you have that opportunity. Um, you know, some people will say, well, the high school recruiting class, you know, he he came in late and short, but you know, he's ha- he'll ha- have a year to recruit those guys, um, missed out on A.J. Johnson and Isaiah Miranda for whatever reasons. But regardless, yes, maybe high school recruiting wasn't necessarily the greatest, came in at you know, sort of the end of the cycle or in a cycle to where most coaches had already had multiple years to recruit these players. But regardless, you, you're going to have multiple scholarship opportunities or multiple scholarships to be handed out in multiple, um, you know, roles, uh, abundance of playing time, so on and so forth. So I'm saying this more so as a testament to the history of this program, a testament to the status of this program. It's a sleeping giant. Sure, Louisville has been struggling over the past couple years, but make no mistake about it, this program is a blue blood program. But you can't say that they are a blue blood program if you also can't say that the expectation should be the NCAA tournament because I'm looking at this and I'm trying to look at this from both sides of the argument. I'm truly trying to, but I can't really look at one reason and say, well, you know, they shouldn't make the tournament. You're, or 500 is good enough. Because we're seeing programs that aren't as good as Louisville with first-year head coaches take programs to new levels and get into the NCAA tournament field. As of right now, um, you know, the previous year, doesn't matter all that much when you can completely turn a roster over through the transfer portal. It's just a matter of doing so, getting the right pieces in place, and putting the right X's and O's and schemes into place as well. So I have um, you know, high hopes for next season. I'm not saying it's going to be a national championship year, but I would like to see this team back in the NCAA tournament. And I just truly don't believe that there is any rationale or reason as to why this team doesn't have every opportunity to do so. So, um, but like I said, the season isn't over yet. So let's talk about what I hope to see from the Cardinals um, up until the final whistle that ends the season. We'll talk about all that here in just a second after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, FanDuel. It's over the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back 
if your first bet doesn't win. Um, as always, I'm a big Houston Rockets fan, although the team is really bad once again. I still like to see the player props. I like to see what they have projected for Jalen Green and Jabari Smith. Um, and I like to see if it's a spread that is achievable in certain games. It's pretty sad to think about, but that's kind of where I'm at as a Rockets fan. But so many more specific bets, like how many three-pointers can be hit in the first couple of minutes, so on and so forth. So specific, but so fun as well. Don't miss this chance. Go claim your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Hey, Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball all in one place, plus hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so we had a conversation about what the expectations should be for next season. But like I mentioned, make no mistake about it, the year's not done, so we're not going to completely not talk about this team. We're starting to see some improvement. We also explained how the lack of consistency has kind of limited that improvement. But with a handful of games left, obviously this episode published on Friday, so there is a chance that if you listen to this, the game against Georgia Tech will have already been talked about. But three regular season games left in at least one ACC tournament game. So the question now becomes, what do we hope to see from this team in the final couple games. Number one, first and foremost, and it's not encouraging that we have to keep talking about this, but consistent effort throughout the course of the game. There's been many times to where we've seen Louisville do the little things, dive on the floor after a loose ball, get back in transition, but it's not consistent. And the same lack of effort and hustle on both ends of the court and in transition continue to hinder the improvement that this team is making from, you know, maybe a half-court offense since, so on and so forth. I think, number one, you have to look at it from effort because, you know, you can talk about, okay, I'd like to see more cohesiveness on the defensive side. I want to see better half-court offense. I want to see the team shoot better from three-point land. I think all of that isn't really possible until the team is giving maximum effort. Um, I know it, it's hard on the mental to lose a ton of games and not win much. But still, I mean, that doesn't give an excuse for not you know giving effort because it's not like an issue just popped up. This has been an issue since game one and is now an issue all the way up until game 28. So it's not like an issue that's popped up when the Cardinals started losing. No, it's been an issue since the Cardinals started playing. So I think, number one, it's all about effort. Number two, I think offensively, look, I am i wouldn't say satisfied because they're not winning games, but I'm seeing improvement offensively. Um, maybe the team still looks a little lost if L. Ellis isn't um, you know, shooting very well. Um, you know, there's a lot of isolation, attack the rim, basketball still being played. And if Wobble's not shooting the ball well from behind the arc, then offensively, there's not a lot of cohesiveness. But at least you're starting to see some improvement. Defensively, I can't say the same. I think at times, you know, rebounding is getting better. I think at times, you know, the team is a little bit better when it comes to, um, you know, rebounding the basketball. But 
I mean, that's not necessarily a uh, consistent phenomenon. Like the team still is not the greatest at boxing out and, and rebounding the basketball, but defending, I guess you could say overall defense still is very, very bad. Um, the team has really, really struggled, um, you know, at the very beginning to where we are now. I, I'm trying to look up statistically where this team ranks in the country in terms of scoring defense. They're 314th in the country, giving up 75.6 points per game to the opposition. Looking at the uh, Power 5 teams that are worse, uh, Florida State gives up 76.2. Um, let's see. That's it. Florida State is the only other Power 5 school that is worse defensively than the Louisville Cardinals. Um, so I look at this, and that's something that I want to see uh, moving forward in the past couple games. I mean, you have Georgia Tech, which should be um, a team that you should be able to play decent against. Virginia Tech is 16-12. and 12. They're 6-11 and 11 in conference play. Not the greatest. Um, Virginia just struggled against Boston College. You just, um, you know, only lost to them by three points. And then the first game of the ACC tournament is going to be against a team that you're going to have a chance to beat as well. So I want to see better defense. I want to see more attentiveness on the defensive end. There's been way too many occurrences throughout the games that Louisville gets beat on backdoor cuts. Um, they get lost in pick and roll action, especially on maybe not necessarily the the ball handler or the screener, but the off ball shooter that's sitting in the corner cutting to the basket or curling around a secondary screen or even, you know, the screener that rolls to the basket. So um, I think that Louisville, you're starting to see the players talk more on defense. Um, you're starting to see a little bit more effort on that end, but just the overall um, understanding and feel for the defensive side of the basketball, especially in the half court, has really been an issue for the Cardinals. And then not to mention in transition, just getting back has been an issue as well. So effort and defense are at the main forefront of my uh, wish list. Individually, a couple players that I want to see play more and play Better. Well, I, first of all, I want to see JJ Trainer continue his momentum. He's been fantastic over the past couple games. He has scored, um, you know, matching a career high with 16 points over the past two contests. Very active on the boards, solid defense as well. Um, I want to see JJ Trainer continue his hot hand and um, continue to be Louisville's second best player. Um, when you look at some of the other players, um, I would like to still see some of the younger guys get more playing time, and, and start to show some signs of promise. Uh, when I say younger guys, I mean Fabio Basili, Emmanuel Okorafor, and Devin Ree. Uh, Devin Ree averaging five minutes per game, Fabio eight minutes per game, and Okorafor 15 minutes per game. I think over the last couple games, it really doesn't hurt to get some of those younger guys uh, more playing time. I understand you're trying to win games, but you're also trying to probably prepare for the future as well. Um, and then as – you know, also, I'd like to see, I'll be honest, I want to see Sidney Curry get back to a possible form like last season. This has definitely been a discouraging year for him. He's only averaging 18.5 minutes per game, five, five points per game, 4.4 rebounds, um, you know, shooting, uh, let's see, 56.5% from the field. 50.9% from the free throw line. He's been a player that I think that, um, you know, Wobble needs him to be solid, especially on both ends of the court. He struggled defensively as well. 
I would like to see him give the Cardinals some solid minutes over the next couple games just to, you know, end his season on a positive note. It's been a tough year for him. I'd like to see him try to get some momentum heading into the offseason, whether or not, you know, I think, um, you know, I think that there's a good chance that he's not back next season, um, whether he tries to go professionally or whether he, you know, transfers. I'm not necessarily sure what the eligibility is looking like, but I think that this is going to be an instance to where um, I, I want to see Sidney Curry end his global career on a solid note, if this is indeed the end of his global career. But like I said, effort, defense, and some individual performances, you know, in terms of stepping up, um, what I'm hoping to see from the Cardinals. Um, in the final games of the season. But for the conclusion of the show, I want to talk about two new 2024 offensive line offers that were handed out to two Tennessee prospects recently from the Louisville football program. We'll do that here in just a second. Before we do that, I want to say thank you all again for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, the Locked On the Louisville podcast is free and will always be free on all streaming services, including YouTube, WHAS 11 plus, so on and so forth, five days a week, your team every day. Two new offers out to two 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 2024 offensive line prospects from the state of Tennessee. The first one is Kyson Shepard, uh, ranked as the 692nd best prospect in the country according to the 24-7 Sports Composite. 55th best offensive tackle, 21st best prospect in the state of Tennessee. From the Memphis area, plays for Fayette Ware, 6'5", 315-pound offensive tackle. Has some big-time offers already. Uh, Florida, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Texas, uh, Mississippi, Texas A&M, Nebraska, so on and so forth. So there's a good amount of SEC interest already. Um, you know, already has solid size, does well, you know, moving for his size, solid hands, solid footwork. I like his ability to, um, you know, go up against quicker defensive linemen because he has that solid footwork. Um, you know, the main thing is it's going to be a tough recruitment to get into because of that SEC interest being in the Memphis area. So, you know, you have, you know, Mississippi, Mississippi State that are kind of close to there regionally and also the hometown school or the home state school in Tennessee as well. So that's something to focus on. Um, you don't really hear a lot about Tennessee when it comes to local recruiting for the University of Louisville. Obviously, they got Joe Crocker in the 2023 class, um, you know, in the national signing period in late January, early February. But still, Tennessee really hasn't been a big point of emphasis, or if it has, it hasn't been a successful point of emphasis for the Louisville coaching staff over the past couple of decades. I wonder if this is going to change. Obviously, we hear about the five-hour radius you know, that Jeff Brom talks about when it comes to recruiting the local areas. We talked about Ohio. We talked about Indiana uh, a couple weeks ago. talked about Missouri, but haven't really talked about Tennessee. Two new offensive line offers out. Um, obviously, you know, John Paul Flores is a graduate transfer. You have some other um, veterans in that mix as well. So it's all about replenishing the offensive line. The other offer that was handed out was to Luke Masterson, who doesn't have a rating just yet. 6'6", 275-pound uh, Nashville, Tennessee native, plays for Franklin Road Academy, which, speaking of Joe Crocker, is where Joe Crocker played. So um, solid scouting there to offer a teammate. But um, has some significant interest over the past couple of months looking at the offer from Jody Dimling or looking at the uh, article from Jody Dimling of uh, Cardinal Authority on 247sports.com. Um, 
looking at an interview, uh, Masterson said the call with Louisville was really good. My dad travels to Louisville a lot for work. He had told me before that that his friends who are UofL fans are super excited about Coach Brom and the direction of the football program now, so I was excited to get the offer. Um, talking about his recruitment, he says, around Thanksgiving, recruiting really took off. I, at first, it was really surprising. Now I've kind of gotten used to it. My dad and I talk about it, comparing different schools and a lot of factors academically and athletically, how good the facilities are, and if they have a coaching staff that is likely to leave. Uh, we try to factor in as much as possible before I'll even want to go on a visit to school. They have to have good academics, which uh, Louisville, not necessarily a tremendous academic school, but it's no slouch either. Um, the Cardinals have uh, state-of-the-art facilities, uh, coaching staff that is obviously Jeff Brom. You feel like that's pretty good in terms of security, job security, um, obviously year one. So, um, you know, there's a lot of hype surrounding the Louisville program. He has a teammate now that is there. Actually, Masterson released a top five, um, but now it seems like, you know, things are kind of fluid at, at this point. So, um, you know, you're starting to see some interest, uh, North Carolina, Cincinnati, Colorado, um, Georgia Tech, Kentucky, Louisville, Memphis, Missouri, Mississippi, Vanderbilt, Virginia, Wake Forest, West Virginia. Um, you're starting to see schools start to get involved in this recruitment. So I think that the connections there, the the connection with the father to the program um, or to friends to the program, um, Masterson and what his priorities are, facilities, Louisville, check. Academics, Louisville, not bad, check. Job security, a coach that's not likely to leave, Louisville, check. Um, you know, proximity at home. Two and a half hours. Check. I'm not sure if that's a big priority, but it seems like you know the fi family dynamic is is pretty big, and the dad travels to Louisville for work a lot, so that might work in Louisville's favor. Um, and the familiarity with some of the roster. Joe Crocker. Check. So two new offers out. I think right now it's going to be interesting to see if either of these players visit, and if they do, I think that the Cardinals have a pretty solid chance. But, um. That's going to wrap up today's episode of the show. We talked about what the expectations should be next year for the Lowell men's basketball program. We talked about what I hope to see from the team to conclude the year and two new football offers into 2024 Tennessee offensive line prospects. Um, um, but that, like I said, that's going to wrap up the conclusion of the show. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you back here very soon.